Look at 1 Samuel chapter 5. Look at verse 1. And the Philistines took the ark of God and brought it from Ebenezer unto Ashdod. When the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it unto the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. Now, sometime back I preached about how the glory had departed Israel. And I applied that to America, how the glory had departed America. And I preached that sermon in 1 Samuel chapter 4, chapter 3 and chapter 4. And now they have took the ark of God. The Philistines had whipped Israel. God had allowed the Philistines to whip Israel. So Israel had ran off. And when Israel ran off, they left the ark of God. The Philistines captured the ark of God. And the Philistines had took the ark of God, verse 2. And when the Philistines took the ark of God, they brought it into the house of Dagon. That's their God. It was, he was, Dagon was a fish god. And this fish god, they worshipped this fish god. And they brought, this, brought the ark of God into the house of Dagon and set it by Dagon. This morning I want to preach on the lost man's ignorance of God. Lost man's ignorance of God. We're going to follow what happens to the Philistines. These lost men that don't know the Lord. We're going to follow their ignorance and how they handled God. And they know nothing about God. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. It's the lost man's ignorance of God. And lost man does have an ignorance of God. You can't know God unless you know the word of God. And the Bible tells us that without the Holy Spirit, you cannot understand the Word of God. So it's nothing against it. We don't have anything to do with intelligence. It doesn't have anything to do with intelligence. These are spiritual things. These are spiritual things that the most highly intelligent man, a rocket scientist from NASA, without the Holy Spirit is never going to comprehend the things of God. The Word of God, he can't do it. You need the Holy Spirit to lead God direct. These are spiritual things. So I'm not saying this in a sense like I think I'm smarter or that Christians think we're smarter than everybody. No, we know we're dumb. But see, we're dumb enough to admit that we need a Savior in Jesus Christ. And he's given us wisdom through the Holy... It's his wisdom, not ours, through the Holy Spirit. The first thing you'll know and notice about lost man's ignorance of God is lost man believes they can set their own gods above the true God. They believe they can set their own gods above the true gods. They believe that all religions are the same. That's lost man's ignorance of God and religion. Lost man's ignorance is he believes all religions are the same. Y'all have heard this. Y'all have heard this on TV. Y'all have heard this through maybe friends and family. They think there's many ways to God. That's the ignorance of God and how God works. We've been coming through on Wednesday nights and we've been studying law versus grace. And when you start understanding what God did through Jesus Christ, you'll understand there's no other way to God but Jesus Christ. That's an ignorance of God that you don't understand when you think there's more than one way to God. Listen, all other religions are a do religion. All other religions tell you you've got to do this and you've got to do that. Christianity is a done religion. It's already been done. Jesus Christ has done paid the price for your sins. You just need to come and receive this free gift. That's the ignorance that man has of all these different religions. I've never seen an intelligent man look any more stupid than when he's talking about God or the Bible. I've seen very intelligent men that when they start talking about God and the Bible, they make fools of themselves and they look so stupid. They look so stupid when they start talking about God. Have you noticed that? Whenever you turn on like A&E Channel or Discovery Channel, and there's some very intelligent people on there, and what we know about God 
And what we know about the Word of God, they don't understand a thing about it. And they just get stupid about it. You know what the deal is? They're willfully ignorant about it. They want to believe something so bad that they'll be willfully ignorant. But lost man believes they can take their gods and they can set their gods up with the true God. It doesn't work that way. There's only one God, capital G. And that God is Jehovah God. And he has only one son, and that son is Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior of the world. See, just with any kind of common sense, you can, you can understand that not all religions are the same. Let me give you an example. Islam. Islam. Their followers will die for their prophet. Amen. Islam, the followers will die for their prophet. But in Christianity, the prophet has died for his followers. Amen. Your prophet has died for you. It's, it's uncomprehensible why people don't understand all these, that there's a difference. That there's not just many ways to God. There's only one way to God, and that one way is through Jesus Christ. And lost men do have gods. You might be out there and you say, well, a lost man, they don't even have a God. They don't believe in a God. They do believe in a God. Even an atheist who says, I don't believe in God. Yes, you do. You're putting your mind as God. You're putting your intelligence as God. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm trying to say to you is this. They're saying that I'm so intelligent, I've been to all the known universe, and I can prove there's no God because I've been through all the known universe and there's no God. Nobody's been through all the known universe. We know you can't do that, amen? So to say that you don't believe in God is a belief that there is no God. You can try and try and try. You can't disprove God. That's a fallacy. You see where I'm going with this? So when you say there is no God, you're saying, yeah, yeah you're, there is a God. In your mind, your God is your mind, is your belief system. I believe in God. I've seen God work. Lost men do have their gods. They have their gods of money. They have their gods of science. We had uh, poor Sister Mary is down there at the festival, and she's handing out tracts, and she's trying to talk to this man about Jesus Christ. And this man says, I don't need God anymore. I got science. Sir, you do have a God. Your God is science. See, my God doesn't change, amen? amen. But what do you know about science? It changes from day to day. They, change, they don't know what they believe. They don't know what they know. They don't know, know what they know. It's amazing how much science changes. Just in 10 years, it changes. You go 100 years, how much has it changed? This Bible has been the same for 2,000 years. Amen. This Word of God in the King James Bible has been there 400 years. I'm not going to change a word of it. Amen. But your science, your God of science does Change. Verse 3. Let's look at what these guys do, what the Philistines do. And when they of Ashdod arose early on the morrow, behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the earth before the ark of the Lord. And they took Dagon and set him up, set him in his place again. So they come into their temple, and they had Dagon up on a pedestal, and they had the ark of God. And there's Dagon, their fish god, their image, the one they bow down to. He's fell down before the ark of God. That would kind of creep me out. Wouldn't that kind of creep you out? You go in there, oh, go in there. There's your God falling down on his face. Listen, if your God can fall on his face, he is no God. If you can bow down before your God, he's an image like that, he is no God. He is no God. Look at verse 4. When they rose early on the morrow morning, 
This is after they set him up. This is the second day. Behold, Dagon was fallen upon his face to the ground before the ark of the Lord, and the head of Dagon and both the palms of his hands were cut off upon the threshold. Only the stump of Dagon was left to him. Ooh. <laughs> the second day they show up, and when they show up the second day, not only is Dagon fell down, he cut off the palms of his hands and his head's cut off. This happened overnight. Now that is creepy. <laughs> that would really creep me out. Wouldn't that creep you out? Yep. I would, this is what would come into my mind. Maybe, just maybe, I'm not serving the right God. <laughs> maybe, just maybe. I know that takes a little bit of common sense. But something came in and cut off the head and the palms. That's a scary thing. Therefore, verse 5, neither the priest of Dagon nor any that come into Dagon's house tread on the threshold of Dagon and Ashdod under this day. So they, instead of turning to the real Jehovah God, they make a superstition out of it. Like we would say, you don't step on a crack, you break your back, don't walk under a ladder. All these little superstition things we have. If, the gla- if, uh, if, a, if a mirror breaks, it's seven years bad luck. All these superstitions. Instead of, instead of believing in the true Jehovah God, they just make up another superstition, see. And that's the way Americans are. You know what? It's amazing to me how superstitious Americans are of the Bible. Believe it or not, they are superstitious of the Bible. Real, they don't know what to do with the Bible. They don't know how to handle the Bible. They're real superstitious. And, and when you see, they see a Bible, that they don't want to mess with you. Some people won't mess with them. And I know there's guys at work that actually, they treat me nice just because they think I'm a pastor. God don't care how you treat me. Just because I'm a pastor. As a matter of fact, he expects more out of me. But they do. They, they'll treat me a certain way. And I'm like, God's not going to give you any brownie points for being nice to me. <laughs> Hell, hell is not going to get a little cooler because you were nice to me. Hell is still going to be hell. Amen. And you need not go there. You don't have to go there. Look at what God does to him in verse 6. This is your Lord God. But the hand of the Lord was heavy upon them of Ashdod. And he destroyed them and smote them with emirods, even Ashdod and the coast thereof. Emirods. What is emirods? Well, let me... Give you, let me tell you what hemorrhoids are. Hemorrhoids are hemorrhoids. That's what the Lord does. He just starts cursing them and smiting them. It's not enough to take their God, cut the head off, throw the palms down, cut the palms off, cut the arms off, cut it. It's only a stump. He says, no, that's, just not, that's not enough. Now I'm going to curse you and give you some diseases. We wonder what's going on in America. All these diseases run along. You live a filthy sexual lifestyle, and I'm not just talking about homosexual, I'm talking about any kind of filthy left sexual lifestyle, you will get a disease. That's where all those diseases come from. From gonorrhea, to you can just name it, AIDS. That's not, people are in, that are in a marriage, a healthy marriage, are not getting those diseases. Where's that coming from? God. God. God does that. You got to be careful. When you get sick or something's going on in your life, you need to, first thing you should check is say, okay, Lord, am I doing something wrong? It's not like that 100% of the time, but that's what I do. Because you know what? I know the Lord has control over that stuff. Amen? Amen. He's the Lord. He's God. Amen. And He can heal me if He wants to. He can leave me like So you've got to check some stuff. 
always check. Now, I'm not, not 100%, but be careful. So he gives them hemorrhoids. Man, this Bible's funny, isn't it? <laughs> it's just like, there's stuff in this Bible that people don't know is in here. Man, can you think, Lord, could you just give me a little bit of a headache? Hemorrhoids? Hemorrhoids. The Lord knows us. He's our creator. You're not going to just sit around. And what's worse is he hadn't blessed them with the wisdom of preparation H yet. Amen. You know, we take advantage living in a godly Christian country that was created on Christian principles that we have these people that God's given wisdom to create preparation H. And these other, these other medicines, we're blessed. We don't take for granted how blessed we are. Praise the Lord for that. And when the men of Ashdod saw that it was so, they said, oh, what are they going to say? The ark of the God of Israel shall not abide with us, for his hand is sore upon us and upon Dagon, our God. Second thing you need to know about lost men is, even with signs that Jehovah God is the true God, and they're getting the signs, amen. If hemorrhoids wasn't enough, you got Dagon's head cut off, arms cut off. Even with signs that God is the true God, they will not give up their false gods. Can you believe that? That's what lost man's ignorance of God is like. They say, he's against our God. Hey, buddy, why don't you think about changing gods? <laughs> Your God's not doing you very much for you. If you have to go and blow yourself up for your God, that's not much of a God, Muslim. See, my God wants me to go and help you. My God doesn't want me to come and kill you. See, if my God wants to kill you, my God can kill you. Amen. He don't need no help from me. If my God wants to kill me, he'll kill me. That's because he's the true God. Amen. He's not the moon God, Allah. And upon Dagon, our God. Even with the testimony of the lives, of changed lives through Christianity, people still try to deny that Christianity is real and that God is real. Even with the millions and millions of testimonies of changed lives. We're talking about druggies and alcoholics and uh, all kinds of horrible people that have come and met the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and called out to Him in prayer and their lives have been changed and reformed through Jesus Christ. How many testimonies are there out there like that? Millions! <laughs> and they give all the glory and testimony back to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Even with that many testimonies, they still try to deny Jesus Christ even existed. They try to deny the power of Jesus Christ. There's not, enough, there's not a good enough testimonies to give these people. This is an article out of the Jerusalem Telegraph. This is what the Muslims were saying. This is what the terrorists were saying. This was head, I got the picture of a headline on this of the world news part of the Jerusalem Telegraph. This is a terrorist, a Muslim terrorist. They said, why don't you aim your rockets more effectively? As one of the terrorists from Gaza was reported to say when asked why they couldn't aim their rockets more effectively when they were shooting into Israel, they were shooting their rockets in Israel, this is what the Muslim terrorist said. We do aim them, but their God changes their path in midair. Dude, if their God is doing it to you, you're on the wrong side. <laughs> it's incomprehensible. Lost men are just willfully ignorant of this stuff. 
They don't like that God. They don't like Jehovah God. And no matter what you show them or what evidence you give them, it's not going to change their heart. They don't want that God. And here it is, Dagon has been cut in half. I mean, his head's cut off, his palm's cut off, he's laying there. They got hemorrhoids, people are dying in the streets, and they're like, well, we got to do something, he's against our God. (laughs) You're on the wrong side, dude. (laughs) I'm trying to talk plain English to you, but you're on the wrong side. This is what, they had a hundred year anniversary of Darwin's uh, Origin of Species, which was some of the biggest hate literature ever created. You can tell any atheist I said that. It's hate literature against black man. That book shows you that black man is less evolved than white man. If you believe in evolution, that's what that book says. Hitler used that book when he was creating a Nazi revolution. Here's what Professor, or actually Sir Arthur Keith, this is what he wrote. He wrote the foreword to Darwin's uh, Origin of Species. His book is a 100-year anniversary of that book. This is what he wrote in the foreword of that. Listen to this. Evolution is unproved and unprovable. Listen. Evolution is unproved and unprovable. Then why do you believe it? We believe it only because the only alternative is special creation. A God created us. And that is unthinkable. See, the problem is they know God. Oh, they know what's going on with God. But they don't like our God. They want a God that allows them to do what they want to do and how they want to do it. They like a God that allows them to act how they want to act and do what they want to do. That's the kind of God they want. It's not the true God. (laughs) It's not a real God. And you can think of God as being a certain way all you want to, but if you think of God doing anything different than the way this scripture shows him to doing it, you're going about it the wrong way. God will reveal himself out of this word. He wants to reveal himself to you out of this word. And if you don't let him reveal himself out of this word, you're never going to get God. And you're going to come up with these pie-in-the-sky ideas about God that don't add up. They don't add up! And whenever you talk to me about things and why God does different things, I can show you out of Scripture what's going on, some things that's going on. But if you're an atheist or you, you believe in God being a certain way, that God's all love, it don't add up. In the end, it don't add up. And the only reason you're believing that, you're being willfully ignorant. It's not intelligence. It's you don't want to believe that God would do that. Just like the Jehovah's Witness that knocked on my door, that woman simply didn't want to believe that, some, that, God, that her God would send somebody to hell. It didn't have anything to do with Scripture. It didn't have anything to do with the Bible. She didn't want to believe that a God, a holy God, would send somebody to hell. Well, lady, I'm not God. <laughs> I'm not God. I'm not the one that's going to send them to hell. Jesus Christ is God. God the Father is going to be the one to send them to hell, not me. Guys, I don't understand everything God does, but He does it. Amen. I'm not up here to explain God. I'm up here to tell you, that's God. <laughs> That's God. And if your God is falling down before that God, you go on the wrong side. You better get on the right side. Amen. And lost men's ignorant of this stuff. They want their God because their God is like them. Skip down to 1 Samuel chapter 6. What they're going to do is they're going to take this and they're going to send this ark to all these regions in the Philistines. And the same thing is going to happen. Emrods, hemorrhoids are going to break out. So we're going to skip over those verses. Because we don't have, for sake of time, 
Look at verse 1 of chapter 6. And the ark of the Lord was in the country of the Philistines seven months. And the Philistines called for the priests and the diviners, saying, What shall we do to the ark of the Lord? First off, they're going to the wrong people. Why are you going to the priests and the diviners? Their God, the priest of Dagon, their God's laying with his head cut off. Why are you going to him? You need to go to a Jew and ask a Jew, what does your God want us to do? But they don't, of course. What shall we do in the ark, to the ark of the Lord? Tell us wherewith we shall send it to his place. And they said, if, we, if you send away the ark of the God of Israel, send it not empty, but in any wise return him a trespass offering, then ye shall be healed, and it shall be known to you why his hand is not removed from you. He says, if you'll send it away, then God will heal you up, and you'll stop having these hemorrhoids. And if not, then maybe you'll know why his hand is removed from you. What's going on? Then said they, verse 4, what shall be the trespass offering, which we shall, we shall return to him? They answered, five golden emrods and five golden mice, according to the number of the lords of the Philistines, for one plague was on you all and on your lords. They're going to send five golden hemorrhoids. <laughs> and five golden mites. It's five. I can't make this stuff up. It's right there. Y'all read it with me. Five golden hemorrhoids. Next time you run into somebody that really thinks they know their Bible, just ask them, have you ever seen, this? Have you ever seen the five golden hemorrhoids in the Bible? And see the look on their face. Amen. It's there. But you notice how stupid... Really, seriously, how stupid lost man can be when it comes to trying to approach God. You're going to approach God with five golden hemorrhoids? Really? I look at some of these religions, some of the things that the, the, the Mormons do with their holy special underwear. I told that to this guy, and he's like, I don't think that's true. I said, you don't know the Mormons then. You need to look this, investigate this. They wear the holy underwear. The special holy undergarments. It's underoos. <laughs> but what, what are you saying, Brother King? I'm saying it's no, it's no, it's just as stupid as five golden hemorrhoids. We don't, we're not serving a religion. We're not in a religion of do, amen. We're in a religion that it's done. Amen. I don't do that kind of stuff for heavenly things. I do things for Jesus Christ because I love him. My, my salvation is done. Amen. Man, we got to grab hold of these people. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Mormons. You're stupid. You don't know the Mormons. I don't think there's anything wrong with the Jehovah's Witness. You're stupid. You're, 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 you're biblically stupid. I say, Brother Keegan, you're going to offend people. You shouldn't talk that way. I'm getting tired of people offending me with their stupidity. Don't, don't talk about religious things if you're stupid. Shut your mouth. You can come talk to me about trucks. You can come talk to me about computers. Come talk to me about football, whatever. Whatever you know about. But when you come to talk about the Bible and you don't know things about the Bible, I'm going to call you stupid. Amen. Don't open your stupid mouth if you're stupid. Amen. This is kind of stuff. I could see our Lord and Savior when he was going on them and pointing and saying, You're hypocrites. You're vipers. You're venomous snakes. I can see. I know why the Lord was doing that. Because they are hypocrites. And these men thought they knew God and they're walking around telling people how to get closer to God. He said, you don't know God. You're trying to prevent people from getting to God and you're going to make them two times the, the child of hell than you are. That's what Jesus said. I know why he said it now. There's nobody that's more stupid than somebody talking about religion when they don't know about religion. And that's lost man. Get tired of it. 
Verse 5, Wherefore you shall make images of your emrods, and images of your mice that mar the land, and you shall give glory unto the God of Israel. Peradventure he will lighten your, his hand from off you, and from off your gods, and from off your land. The third thing you need to know about them is they believe that they can throw God a bone every once in a while, and he will leave them alone. See, they're thinking, we'll just throw God, and what I mean by throwing God a bone is, you just throw somebody out something, they'll leave you alone. Like you do a dog, you throw a dog a bone, and he'll go leave you alone. That's the way they see God. They see God as a nuisance. They see God as somebody's in their way. And they say, if I just throw God a little bit of a bone, he'll get out of my way. I'll just send him these golden hemorrhoids, these golden mice, and he'll leave us alone. Uh-uh-uh. God don't work that way. He said, I'll just go to church on Easter, and then God will be happy with me. I'll give a little bit of money to the church, or I'll give a little bit of money to charity, and I'll try to feed the poor, and, you know, God will be okay with me. It don't work that way. That's not how God works. God's only question to you is, what have you done with my son, Jesus Christ? That's God's question to every man, woman, boy, or child. What have you done with Jesus Christ? I don't care what you've done to the poor. I don't care what you've done at church. What have you done with Jesus Christ? That's his question to every man. And every, but they don't want to sit there. They want to create their own religion. They want to create their own God. And they want God to be a certain way. You know, God wouldn't send anybody to hell. God's all love. You don't know God. You don't understand God. God's love that you talk to all these lost men and women talk about. God's love starts at the cross of Calvary. Through Jesus Christ. And if you're outside of the cross of Calvary through Jesus Christ, you're never going to understand and never going to get God's love for you. Now, if you'll come to the cross of Calvary and accept and receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, then God's love will be abundant to you. And then that's when he becomes your father. And then that's when it begins. But outside of that, you don't have a chance. You don't have a chance. Verse 6, and we'll close here. Wherefore then do ye harden your hearts as the Egyptians and Pharaoh hardened their hearts? When he had wrought wonderfully among them, did they not let the people go and they departed? You understand what they're saying there in verse 6? They're talking about the Exodus. They're talking about how God had brought Israel out with all these miracles. They knew about God and they knew about his miracles. And they still were serving Dagon. They still hadn't turned to Jehovah God. They understand it. Verse 6, they're testifying against themselves. Unbelievable. Verse 7, now therefore make a new cart and take two milch kind, on which there hath, no, there hath come no yoke, excuse me, and tie the kind to the cart, and bring their calves home from them, and take the ark of the Lord, and lay it upon the cart, and put the jewels of gold, which ye return him for a trespass offering, in a coffer by the side thereof, and send it away that it may go, and see if it goeth up by the way of his own coast of Bethshemus, then he hath done us this great evil. But if not, look at the end of verse 9, but if not, then we shall know that it is not his hand that smote us, it was a chance that happened to us. The last thing I want to show you about lost man's ignorance of God is simply this. Knowing all they know about God, you read about it in verse 6. They knew about the Exodus. They knew that they had hemorrhoids. Dagon's head was cut. All this stuff, guys, it's all evident right there in front of their face. They've heard the stories. They've seen it with their own eyes. All the stuff they know. And they still say at the end of verse 9, maybe it was all by chance. 
Even though they know everything about God and how he works, they still think there's a chance that God doesn't work that way or that God just simply just doesn't exist. They're playing the odds. See, they're playing the odds. They're gambling. They're gambling their soul on a chance. When I heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ when I was about 17, and I'd heard it before then, every time I heard the gospel message of Jesus Christ, I knew that was true. But you know what I did? I didn't take the gift, and I took a chance. I took a chance that maybe tomorrow I would take him. Or maybe a year from now. When I get older, that's when I'll take Jesus Christ. I kept taking that chance. And taking that chance. And lost man's ignorance of God is they want to have, they think there'll be another chance. And once you take your last breath, there are no more chances. It's done, guys. You get no more chances. And nobody's going to promise you another chance. And they have this idea that it's all by chance, that maybe God really doesn't work that way. Maybe there really isn't a hell. Maybe God will let everybody into heaven. And you see that in the philosophy of the churches today where some of the preachers start to preach that when you get, that we all eventually will get to heaven, that all, they want everybody to be in heaven. And God never said that. It goes against God's word. Noah, 50-year-old man, I think he was in his 50s, me and my wife got a call yesterday. Perfectly healthy. Died. We thought he was perfectly healthy. He'd been in the hospital, come out, 50 years old. I mean, he's 50. He's a young man, amen? Got the call. Me and my wife were, got the call yesterday. He died. No more chances. No more chances. No more chances. If you still believe all these things... You've seen God work in people's life with Israel, with the nation of Israel, with the words of God, with the prophecy of the word of God. If you still think all this stuff happened by chance, I'm here to tell you this morning, you have no chance. Amen. You need Jesus Christ. Amen. You don't need to be so willfully ignorant you're going to send yourself to hell. See, when I say willfully ignorant, what I mean by that, and the Bible uses willingly ignorant, is that you're not ignorant because you don't have the truth. You're not ignorant because the truth's not sitting you right in front of your face. You're ignorant because you willfully want to be ignorant. You don't like what the truth is. You can't handle the truth. Amen. That's what the problem is. Don't take it up with me. You're going to take it up with God. You can hate me. You can say, oh, that preacher, he don't know what he's talking about. He... There's going to come a time. We're going to find out the truth. And if you want to take that chance to say, you know what, I'm going to take my chances on this side of the fence. Well, you know what? When I was a young man, I saw that my chances. I said, I don't have a chance. I don't have a chance with God. I don't want to take that chance. I want to receive that free gift of Jesus Christ. Amen. And I just took that free gift, and now it's over with. I'm done. I'm going to heaven. I'm not worried about it anymore. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Now, if you want to take that chance, maybe God will give you another day. And you're going to get the gospel another week. Maybe a year from now you'll hear the gospel again. I don't know when you're going to hear the gospel. When you're going to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. But I'm going to tell you something. Your odds are long. You keep taking those chances and taking those chances. It reminds me, and I'm going to close with this story. It reminds me of the, of the man in Comanche, Texas. He's in Comanche, Texas. They were witnessing to him. He's a young man. They said, you need to accept Jesus Christ. He said, I don't need Jesus Christ. When I get older, I'll take Jesus Christ. When I re I'll receive Jesus Christ when I get older. And he was in... 
the pool. He had one of those above-ground pools. He was cleaning the above-ground pool. His family was watching him, and he had, a, he had one of those pumps that sucks out all the dirt at the bottom, and he was pulling that. He was going around in that above-ground pool. The water was right about his waist, and he said that he turned and hit that cord and looked back, and he saw that pump falling in the water, and right when he hit the water, he died. Last chance. Last chance. He thought he was going to have a chance when he got older. You know what God said to him, fool? Your soul is required of you tonight. Now that's Bible, guys. That's what God said. Fool, your soul is required of you tonight. Don't take any more chances. If you need to get right with God, get down here and get up to the altar and get right with God. Stop taking chances with God. We don't want to fool around with God. You see how powerful he is? He don't mess with people. They mess with him, he cuts their God off, he throws it in front of their face. If they mess with him, he gives them hemorrhoids. He messes with them, it says there in another part of that scripture, you need to go home and read it, he was killing them right and left. Not just giving them a head, headache or hemorrhoids, guys. They were dying. We're, we're talking about almighty God, a powerful God. That's not somebody you want to play around with and take chances with. He's the true Jehovah God. We need to bow down to him and acknowledge him, who he is and how he is. And stop playing around. No more playtime. No more playtime. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much for your grace and mercy that you do put up with us. Thank you for allowing us into the family of God through Jesus Christ, Lord. And thank you for the cross of Calvary. Lord, if there's somebody underneath the sound of my voice that needs to get right with you about something, Lord God, we're going to open up the altar to them, Father. And Lord God, just pray that you speak to the heart the truth. Lord, if there's somebody that doesn't know Jesus Christ has never received that free gift, Lord God, Lord God, you speak to the heart right now that they won't take any more chances. They'll come down and receive that free gift. and Make it right with you, Lord God, because you've got it lined out exactly how you feel right here in this word, Lord. There's nothing hidden from man, Lord God. You're not hiding from us in any way. You've got it right there for us. And if we want to be willfully ignorant, you'll give us the, the gift of free will to be able to do that, Lord. And I thank you for free will, Lord God, but I know that free will will send us straight to hell because we'll try to be willfully ignorant of your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for the love of Jesus Christ. I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.